It's like this little dirty little bass line. I don't fucking care. Can we move on to a new segment, please? Welcome to Just Two Fans, a sports show about sports. Obviously. About life. Because sports are life. And about just whatever the hell we feel like talking about. So, uh, let's go. What is up, everybody? What's up? I'm back. You're back. We got one out of one out of th- two out of three ain't bad. Two out you know? of three ain't bad. I'm Jamie Friedlander. That is Eli Johnson, and we are just two fans. We are just two fans right now, and no professionals. No professionals at all. Just two fans having medium takes, medium to fantastic takes. the The professional will maybe be joining us later. We don't know. He just had a baby, so we're going to give him a slight pass. He had to get home from his real work job and then said he came home to World War Three. So I'd say 50-50 whether we see yeah, Chris you know, or not this uh, week. Wouldn't, wouldn't blame him if he doesn't show up is what no, we're saying here. <laughs> no. To talk to us idiots about sports, which he yeah, does right. all day for a living now. Right. <laughs> Although he did give us a shout out finally on his radio show. He did. Both of us, too. I was shocked. Yeah. Look at that. Look at him go. Look at him go. <laughs> I'll be in the same boat in a couple months. I don't know if I've ever actually announced this on the podcast, but I'm also going to have my third child here in a couple months. Eli's going to be so. doing some more solo shows, baby. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I might be able to still record because it's nighttime. Like, baby's going to be in bed. Kids are in bed at that point. Theoretically. Oh, I, I didn't say asleep. I said in bed. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, I really can't do much at that point. Like, these boobies don't do what baby needs. These boobies no milky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I can't believe that just happened. Um, I know what our soundbite is this week. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, please don't. <laughs> please don't. So, I did listen last week to your solo effort and i applaud you because that cannot be easy it was really fucking hard and i don't know if you noticed this but towards the end of the episode i got so stuffed up and i have no idea why i could not my my nose was a brick wall i mean your mouth was moving for an hour and a half straight true true (laughs) i probably should have taken like longer breaks in there but i was just like wanted to get it done i was like i I took a couple in there i was like i I was was like okay jasper i need to get some water i need to get some (laughs) i need to blow my nose and then i just go right back into it but yeah it was it was really it's really yeah i i imagine at some point now that we're really trying to do this weekly thing and not take our unscheduled breaks that i will be in that position I'm not. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because it seems kind of fun to do once. Yeah, no, it, see, it was a lot of fun, right? Because it's just me talking to myself about <laughs> sports. Nobody can contradict right? me. Yeah, Nobody can tell right. me I'm wrong. I am just always right in right. that scenario. No wonder Colin Coward and does it all the time. I know, right? <laughs> he thinks he's a genius. He's not. I mean, he is. <laughs> he is, but that's, a good, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it was like also like a challenge, right? And so like, Putting that challenge out there and being like, okay, I did it. Was it great? Probably not. But I did it. And uh, like, hey man, I it was liked tough. It. Thanks. Appreciate you. And did you did you pay up? Because Torsten definitely 
um, did your Twitter? Oh call yeah. Out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I I paid my Good. debts. Lannisters pay their debts. I'm a Lannister, baby. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, I'm not. Nope. That's not the way <laughs> to go. Take that back. Whoop. Take that back. <laughs> All right. We do have a lot to talk about this week. We're getting into that yes, time of year where it's just like sports literally every day. Love it's that awesome. for us. It's great for us, but it means we have a lot to gab about, especially because it's football season. Um, so we're going to recap F1. The Japanese Grand Prix kind of happened on Sunday. Sunday, um, And there's some other news to talk about in there. We're going to go into the baseball postseason. I'm wearing my Mariners hat and my Ken Griffey Jr. shirt. Hell yeah. For Mariners, go we're ends. going to preview the NHL because that snuck up on me. Yeah, you. we were talking pre-show, and you're like, yeah, th- it actually starts on Wednesday. Yeah, two days from now. I don't now. believe you. I don't believe you. It's, uh, the reason I know that is because the Avs are raising a banner in Pepsi Center or a ball arena. They're raising a banner? Yeah, dude. They fucking won the Stanley Cup. Oh, for the... for the, uh, I was like I, like... I thought that was like some weird euphemism or something. Nope. No, literally <laughs> raising Literally raising yeah. their banner. Because, <laughs> you know, they won the Stanley Cup. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then we'll obviously get mm-hmm. into the NA, NCAA football and NFL. A little bit as Sounds well. like a great episode. Oh, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we're not going to do podium or anything because we have so many things to talk about. So let's just jump right in, right off the bat, with Formula One. The Japanese Grand Prix was kind of a shit show. Uh, kind of is putting it lightly, real yeah, lightly. That's being super <laughs> generous to the it was FIA. Full <laughs> blown, which is like really sad because like. The the Japanese Formula One like atmosphere is so oh, man, like awesome and like cool. Just electric all weekend. I felt so bad for the the spectators. Yeah, they just they got to watch all this fun stuff, and then like they had one great practice on uh, what was that Friday, Friday? and then and, and qualifying was great, and then just race day sucked, it sucked. and it was marred by controversy because so for those that didn't watch the form the japanese grand prix uh the race started on time uh it was very wet like un- it was unbelievably pouring. wet it was actually raining less than it was in uh singapore the week before but the track itself was just soaked which is weird because like one of those is a street course, right? Like right. Singapore, Singapore is a street, is a street course. course, and this is a designated circuit. So you would think the drainage would, would be think, better, than but it was, was not because <laughs> it was terrible. Visibility was <laughs> awful. Didn't even get through the first lap before Carlos Sainz aquaplaned, as they put it. We call it hydroplaning here in the United States, but you know, whatever. In the real world, <laughs> and and <laughs> smashed into the wall. That that wasn't the controversial part. Like wrecks happen and it's wet, so fine. Um, what happened after that was wild, and I didn't know about it really until after the race. So I was giving Pierre Gasly all kinds of shit on Sunday, as were you, well, because we were talking, because yeah. he was being a whiny little bitch. We thought, well, yeah. So the only context we had was that he was getting a penalty for driving too fast uh, during a red flag. Yeah. And that's the only context we had, and, and so we saw him. Sign. He hit a a Rolex sign. Yes, ruined and he hit a Rolex sign. Mm-hmm. 
And the only thing we saw was that and then him going to his his crew and like screaming at him. And we're like, what the fuck is his problem? What is going on here? Turns out he he had uh, more than know, good enough reason to be upset. Yes. Yeah. He, he, yeah, and it was just so he had some just. So what happened is Carlos signs wrecked. And so obviously yellow flag, right? And then safety car. That's how it went. Pierre Gasly had to pit during the safety car because he ran into the sign and was carrying it around the track. So he needed a new front wing. He was in the pit as pretty close after he exited the pit area is when they red flagged the race. So he had to go all the way around the track to get into the pit with the rest of everybody because he was behind because he had to pit. When he got to where Carlos Sainz wrecked, there was a recovery tractor on the track. And we couldn't see that. I mean, we couldn't see anything from the driver cam. Like, you have to slow down his video feed unbelievably slow to even see this thing. But he came within meters of hitting this recovery tractor and if he had aquaplaned or hydroplaned however you want to call it i'm going to call it aquaplaning because i'm a formula one fan now and (laughs) if he had aquaplaned like like carlos Sainz did he would have wrecked into that thing and probably died which yeah the crazy thing about this is this exact circuit is where that pretty much exact circumstance happened in 2014 really yeah uh jules bianchi is that, is that how you spell say it? I think it's Jules Bianchi. I don't, I don't know. It's, being a new Formula One fan, I don't know the history that well. Um, I think it was at this exact race. Let's see. Similar type of vehicle led to the death of Bianchi in 2014. Um, I don't know if it was on the same circuit. I'm not going to waste y- y'all's time looking it up. But basically, that is how he died, was running into a recovery vehicle um and so that's why all the racers and gasly were just like how is how does this even happen when when we have precedent set for why we can't do that you still let it like wait for the recovery car vehicle to come out on track until the cars are off like how hard is that yeah Uh, it's for real uh especially when yeah you've red flagged the race just wait it was it was Suzuka, yeah. Same track, same circuit, and basically the same incident, and it almost happened again. I would be pissed too if I was Gasly. I mean, he got unbelievably close to that thing when you're going as fast as they are on a wet track. Yeah, and and the problem is, then the FIA kind of tried to turn it around on him. Saying that he was driving too fast, which he absolutely he was. Driving too, he absolutely he was. was. There's no doubt about it. But like at the at that point, if you're the FIA, you, who cares? That's not. Yeah. That's not his. You guys fucked up. And at least they're owning it now. They're launching a quote unquote thorough investigation, whatever that even means in sports these days, into uh, what happened with that recovery vehicle, but almost a really, really ugly situation. Uh, luckily yeah. it wasn't well, then- right. We got, we did get a race in on Sunday. There was an out. I think it was an full points race too, which was, which not, was expected. not expected. Um, so again, listener, I, I think most listeners probably aren't huge formula one fans. So we're going to 
do our oh, best no. to summarize what happens in Formula One. So when you get a red flag, everybody has to go into the pits and the race is essentially stopped. Once a race starts or once the the scheduled time passes for a race to start, they have three hours to complete the race. So they had started the race. They were halfway. They got two laps in, essentially two laps in, because one of them was behind a safety car. And then they red flagged the race. So they the clock was ticking at that point. This race uh, was going to take roughly an hour and a half to finish because it's a pretty short, fast circuit. So they really had about an hour and 10-ish minutes for this red flag before it was going to be a shortened race. Everything we heard on race day was as soon as we have to have a shortened race, it can't be full points. That was that was what the broadcast was saying. And so, well, at least what I was listening to, they were saying um, it's like 70. You have to get over halfway. I think it was 75 percent for full points and then 50 percent gets you like three quarter points and then. Any like then it goes down to twenty five percent, and then two like there's a minimum lap number to get any points. It's it's a weird convoluted system, but anyway, everything we were hearing during the red flag was we're not going to have full points because they're not going to get a full race in, and they didn't. They got about forty five minutes of racing maybe in mm-hmm. once they finally restarted. Um, so Max Verstappen won as he does always and he was even in the like i don't even know what they call it where they have the three top finishers and they we get to hear them after the race the podium the winner circle yeah winner well yeah sure i think it might be the winner circle but anyway they're in there like cooling down and watching the highlights and talking about it and somebody came in he was like yeah but i didn't win right like it's not over because going into the weekend, Max Verstappen had to win the race and get fastest lap in order to lock up the driver's Clinch. championship. And so he was like, yeah, but we didn't finish the full race, so I didn't win. And they were like, actually, they're awarding full points. And he was like, no, they're not. <laughs> 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 He's like, wait, you're serious? Like, I won? And he's like, cool. Yay. That's like so shitty, too. Like this is like this kind of goes into the whole thing. The all of like F one really fucked up. Oh, bad! This whole real thing. bad, and, and 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 it includes like the broadcasting, everything like that. One, the broadcasting during the race or during the stoppage time, um, they were showing highlights apparently in the booth and not on TV. Yeah, what they were talking, so they're talking about, about on TV was not matching what we were seeing. Yeah, they were talking about oh, look at this great move by such and such during. Uh, Singapore. This was really blah blah blah, and there was just like there was just footage of the the freaking medic car just rolling around, <laughs> like so bad. I'm just like okay, it what? So bad. Um, and then and then yeah, and then Max Verstappen won the won the cup. Yeah, so apparently right? won the drivers championship some, this there's year. There's some weird like lingo in the rules that if a race starts and gets red flagged, the basically the race director can decide to award full points if he wants to. Was how I yeah, it no, was yeah. interpreted. Yeah, it, that's basically what it is. But it's just like it was so like they they take the drivers championship and yeah, exactly. Like you went from the most exciting drivers championship maybe ever last year, 
Like the end of Abu Dhabi last year was must-see television for any sports mm-hmm. fan, regardless of your understanding of Formula One. It was unreal. And like to go from that to this was just like, oh, what a letdown. Yeah, it was just it was just like a really boring and dumb way to like present the trophy. But anyway, he's the driver's champion. It was going to happen next week if it didn't happen this week. Or, yeah, yeah next week. He's unstoppable this I mean, year. He's, yeah, he literally... I'll be shocked if he loses another race. Like, he just... He cannot be beat right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, like, it's it's him and it's the car. Like, Everything about it. You just you just watch, like, those straights, and you're just like, nobody, nobody can touch him. Nobody can come even close. It's just... it's It's unbelievable. So dominant. So dominant. So Max Verstappen is your driver's champion for 2022. Uh, No surprise there. We've seen that coming for weeks. It's just official now. Um, One thing to note from the results this weekend is Nicholas Latifi is no longer pointsless on the season. He did it. He did it, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Nicholas Latifi is not the worst F1 driver of all time. Uh, I, he did it. <laughs> he, he still might be, but uh, he's not going to finish the season with zero points. Good for him. <laughs> no, let's be real. Mazaspin was the is the That's worst. That's probably F1 true. He just that can't race. Probably this year. true. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, and then a couple other things. One sad note for at least us because we are Danny Rick fans is that Mm -hmm. it's looking ever more likely that he will not be on the grid at all next year, even as a reserve. Yeah. That's it's, it's unfortunate. Um, Partly I think due to his own ego. Oh, it's it's almost all due to his own ego. Yeah. Cause he could, he could absolutely go to, you know, Hass or or Williams. Easily, they would take him in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Um, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be the number one driver on Red Bull, Mercedes, or I mean, if that's the you know, stance he's going to take, he's not going to be back on the grid. He just won't. He, yeah, I, I have my problems with Danny Rick. I love him. I think he's the best personality on the grid. Well, one of the best personalities on the grid. I'm a big fan of him, but man, his ego is killing his career. No doubt about it. All right, that's Formula One. We got the Austin Grand Prix coming up in two weeks. We got a week off uh, before they are stateside again for the Austin Grand Prix. I don't know what it's actually called. I am so fucking hyped for Austin. Me too, because it's actually it's at like be, a good time. <laughs> it's like at a reasonable hour. <laughs> we can, I can watch a full race without having to be dead tired on asleep. one direction. I fell asleep. On Saturday, before they restart, like literally right before they restart, and I woke up as the race. It was like one a.m. Yeah, it was two <laughs> for me. Like, fucking terrible, tired yeah. man. <laughs> like, I can't do that shit. I'm not in college anymore. Yeah, for real. So, actual good time for the Austin Grand Prix, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, and and, and Austin's a great track too. It's like it's a meant to be track. It's not a street race. Uh-huh. It is a it is a circuit race. It's a it good circuit to be too. A lot of fun. It's a great circuit. It's got a lot of elevation change, which is a lot yeah. of fun. It's it's going to be. It, it's one of the better races. I, I would say. Like it's definitely a top third race for Formula yeah, One. I agree. All right, let's move along to baseball 
baseball, baby. I'm going to bring this back a week because I haven't been able to talk about this. When uh, Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run of the season to become mm-hmm. the solo all-time leader in the American League home run totals for a season. Yeah, he did it. He did it. He did it. You know what? I'm having a lot of problems with this right now. Not because he did. I mean, obviously, like, I don't like, it's a, I think it's a big accomplishment or whatever, but people are going so, like, it's just, people are being so dramatic with this whole Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa versus Aaron Judge thing. Can't we just, like, poor Kalo no dose? Right? I, like, I mean, he's the American let both League. things be awesome. He's the American League home run king. Barry Bonds yeah. is the home run king. Period. End of discussion. This isn't even a discussion. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds is the home run king. Yeah, but he cheated, Jamie. I don't care. So did everybody back then. <laughs> the pitchers he was hitting against were also cheating, which is a fact that most people don't talk about, including myself when I bring that up, is that, mm-hmm. I mean, like, Kurt Schilling was juicing. Like, they, were, they were all doing it, except for yep. maybe Ken Griffey Jr. But, I like, it would not surprise me at all if I if it came out tomorrow that ken griffey jr did steroids you shut it wouldn't surprise me and i wouldn't you shut your whore mouth you will never slander griffey like that again i just never i'm not even i'm not slandering barry i i think they all went about it a terrible way like barry bonds just lit everybody on fire on his way down right that's the shitty part like i just think you're a shitty person but he pulled the lance armstrong did an absolute lance armstrong and so, Fuck Lance so did uh, Ryan Braun. Fuck Ryan yeah, Braun. Same deal. Oh my God! Watching him play and just booing the shit out of him <laughs> was like my so favorite fun. thing in the world. It was so fun. Listener, for those of you <laughs> don't know or don't remember, because we've talked about this before, I think we were Jamie and I were at like an afternoon game against the Brewers, and there was not many people there. It was like after like the the Rockies had already been eliminated, and so like we're just we're just like it was basically just us in the stadium. There's like a couple thousand people there. Ryan Braun comes with the bat, and Jamie and I just absolutely <laughs> lay into the guy. We're far away. He probably no, can't hear us, but we're just like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> go get juice some more, you dumbass. <laughs> like, just, it was one of the most fun things I've so done fun. because fuck that yeah, guy, no, dude. Fuck him. Here's the thing. Like, if you juice and you lie about it, I get that. Whatever. If you juice and you slander other people when they tell the fucking yeah. truth. Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. If you take people to court for slander, even though they're telling the fucking truth, go to hell. Yep. I have no sympathy. That's why I hate Lance Armstrong. Don't care about his one nut being gone. Don't give a fuck about that. He's a garbage person. Nobody should ever look up to him. Same with Ryan Braun. Fuck that guy. I don't care what happens to him anymore. Yeah, I agree. You are a soulless human. I agree. Oh, I get sorry. Yeah, it gets you heated. I gotta get. I got to get my Zen on. I got to get my Zen on right now. Well, this will help because we're going to recap the wild card. Oh, let's let's finish up the home run thing. Um, I agree with you. People are freaking out. Uh, Aaron Judge is not the home run king. Barry Bonds is end of discussion. That's it. So that's that. Um, Let's move on to some wild card reactions because um, most of these series actually kind of sucked. So the, the Guardians... Won their series with the Rays two games to none. The 
Phillies beat the Cardinals, which was actually surprising to me. I would not have picked that at all. Uh, two games to none. The Padres took out the Mets in three games. The Mets did make it a series. That was the only of the four series that went all three. And then the Mariners took out the Blue Jays. Yeah, baby. In two games. Real Game playoffs. two was crazy. Yeah, I was not able to. There's going to be a theme on the show. Listen, I wasn't really able to watch a whole lot of sports this last week. I'm um, sure you watched highlights. I did. I did watch the highlights. Because the Mariners were down 8-1 to one in the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. Which in baseball, if you're up a touchdown, you don't fucking lose. You win. You yeah. win that game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure by the end of the fifth inning, the Blue Jays had a 99.9% chance to win on fan graphs or whatever. I love that point one, baby. <laughs> and the Mariners just clawed their way back. They scored three in the sixth. The Blue Jays actually added a run in the seventh. So it was nine to five after seven innings. And it didn't even go extra innings because the Mariners finished them off. In this, nine. this Mariners team has no idea how to quit on something no this mariners team that game in particular reminded me a lot of the 2007 rockies Mm -hmm. that is the rockies won so many games in that stretch in 2007 just like that you're like there's no fucking way they're gonna win this game and then they pull it out of their ass and figure it out how to win like here's like this is one of the beauties of baseball that I think is somewhat underrated. Oh, it's extremely is, is you're never really out of a game. No. Right? Like in football, if you're up three scores and there's three minutes left, you're done. It's almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it, it, it's possible, but like in, intensely, intensely rare. If you're down three runs in baseball, you have I mean, you have the whole you, everything's that's, still there. In in theory, that's one swing of the bat. I mean, a lot of shit has to happen before that, but <laughs> yeah, it's just like you're never, you're never out of it. Out. There's never a time constraint, right? Right. Like, right, right. You, like you don't like. There's no like. There's like okay, let's go again. Like three minutes left, you're down three scores, and you have no timeouts. You're fucked. Right. You right? could always. You're hopeless. Have, just give up. Go home. You could always have a ten run inning. Always. Yep. You're never fully lot, out of a but baseball. it can happen. You're never helpless to win a game. Right. Right. Which in which in which is pretty rare, except you know maybe like tennis is another one that's not like that. Anything without time constraint, I guess. Right. Which but. of the major sports, baseball is the only one that doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's unique and it's great. And watching Blue Jays fans' reactions, did I send you that? TikTok? No, I sent it to you. <laughs> you did. Um, just Blue Jays absolute, fans are down bad, my guys. Just the absolute fucking meltdown that those fans were having would rightfully so yeah i think john boy media but, uh, uh, posted it twice like <laughs> yeah oh man it was so good we don't deserve sports in this town anymore <laughs> it's great i love it you know manners so are on a just like a beautiful run really hoping they can get past houston it's gonna be tough which so that brings us smoothly into the division series which all begin tomorrow not all of them uh, some of them begin tomorrow. Actually, maybe it is all of them. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, they all begin tomorrow. Nice. And um, there's like in the afternoon. 
Yeah. So we have first up, we have, I guess this isn't in order of start time. I'm just going in order that they have them in ESPN. We have the Yankees and the Guardians. Obviously, the Yankees have home field. Remember, these are best of five series in the divisional round. So we had best of three in the wild card, best of five in the division. Then we go to best of seven. So previewing the Yankees and Guardians, how are you seeing this one play out? I don't know. I think this goes five. Yankees haven't been playing all that great a ball since uh, like the last, well, I mean, really since the last half of the season. Um, they've been fine. It's not like they've been like bad by any stretch, and Aaron Judge has been obviously historic. Um, but the Guardians are playing some pretty decent ball right now. I still think the Yankees will pull this out. Um, but I think it, I think it goes like at least at least four going into five games. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last ten games, the Yankees are five and five, which is basically a microcosm of how they've been since the break. Yeah, and it's just Good hard word. to see them coming out. What? Word microcosm, microcosm. Good word. <laughs> and um, it's just hard to see them come out and dominate out of nowhere, especially after being off for a week. Yeah. Um, like I think in baseball, it's under these these extended breaks are underrated. This is what derailed the Rockies in 2007. They had eight days off, which for baseball players is a fucking eternity. These guys Man. haven't had eight days off since April. Yeah. So they don't know how to do that and then stay in game shape and not game shape, but like ready for a game. Yeah. Like mentally ready for playoff baseball after that much time off. So this is where I think those wild card teams actually have a slight leg up because Mm -hmm. they've been playing. And like, like in the Mariners case, which we'll talk about in a minute, all the momentum's on your side. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to make for some very fun baseball coming up this week, I think, because you're going to get some of these top-seeded teams that may struggle for a game or two as they get their baseball legs back under them. And then maybe they'll turn around, maybe they won't. And that's the fun of the postseason. Yes. Playoff baseball. Maybe. Um, so I agree with you. I think this one goes five. And if you go five in a baseball series, who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. What? You never want one game to decide a series. Not especially in <laughs> baseball because uh, anything can happen any given day in this sport. Um, let's move along. The next, the other American League series is the Astros and Mariners, as we previously mentioned. Uh, that one begins tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, for those listening. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be Wednesday when this is posted. <laughs> Uh, again, I think I see five in this. I, I don't see the Mariners taking care of the Astros with only one or two, one loss or zero losses. Like I don't see a sweep. Um, like you said, this Mariners team has no quit at all. They just don't know how to stop. And, um, I think the Astros are kind of meeting a buzzsaw here, which they're not going to anticipate because they're in the same division. The Astros kind of have dominated that series. But again, I think the you can't understate the momentum of having played the last this last weekend and the Astros having a week off. Yeah. Um, so, you know me. Um, I'm going to pick the Mariners. I got to. I got, why not? Why not, man? Why like, not? They like you said, they have all the momentum. 
the Astros have been off a long time. Um, the Mariners, like, how do you not have ultimate confidence in your team after the run they've been on over this last month? And, and the comeback to win that. Like, you just have to know that you're not out of any baseball game now. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter what happens the first few innings of that first game because they know they can come back. Yeah, you can win any game, and you know that, and that's a dangerous fucking thing to know yeah. that you can win any series, any game on at the drop of a hat. Truly, um, I gotta go Mariners. They've got they've got the momentum right now, although they really struggled with the Astros this year. Um, they really did, and that they and the Astros are still a fucking. Force. I mean, they're the second best team in in the playoffs or in the baseball. Yeah, um, and that pitching staff is unreal right now yeah uh, but you know what the thing is the mariners won three to five series well, three three series against the astros this year so it's, it's not unheard of yeah no i'm not going to count anything out in, in the playoffs um i think i'm wearing a mariners hat so i really hope they can pull it off mm-hmm. i think if i was a betting man i would bet on the astros just because i think they have more talent top to bottom especially in the pitching rotation but it's playoff baseball and like and I you cannot underestimate the momentum that the Mariners have. So again, I think it's going five. Unfortunately, that fifth game is in Houston, and I think that's probably the deal breaker, but the Mariners just did it on the road in Toronto. So exactly. Can't oh. count them out. Moving on to the National League, we have the Braves and the Phillies. This is where I'm gonna buck my trend. I think the Braves are gonna wipe the Phillies away pretty handily. I don't think it's going to be in three games, but I think in four. I agree with that. And then the Dodgers and Padres is the other series, and this one might be a clean sweep because the Dodgers are just that much better than everybody Dude, that's else. Like, it's, it's the funny part is, like, you're, you're right. It could be it could be a 3-0 thing. Um, and the Padres are a good team. They are. They're playing and good they ball. showed it this last weekend. Yeah. Um, but the Dodgers are that much better. Totally different animal. Uh, it's unfair how fucking loaded the. When you have like are. a top twenty player batting out of the eight hole, like <laughs> every single player on that team would start on another the other on any other team. Yeah, almost top to bottom. It's fucking crazy. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when you spend just buckets and buckets a billion dollars is they're not spending a billion but it fucking it feels like it it really does feel like it doesn't it <laughs> um so that's the action we got coming this week i'm gonna give baseball a small round of applause here for their scheduling um because you can't tell me that it's an accident that they're starting these division series on a tuesday which is the most dead day of sports during absolutely the week. yeah so good for them a plus Know your place, because if you're trying to compete with the NFL or NCAA football, you're going to fucking lose. Yeah. No chance. So they sacrificed some we- the weekend wild card games for the division series starting midweek. So good for you. Smart. Uh, keep making smart decisions, because you've sure made a fuckload of bad ones. <laughs> All right. NHL season is upon us. It, it, yeah, it and turns it's out. Crazy. It's crazy for me because I feel like I just watched the Stanley Cup because I basically did. Yeah, like it, it feels like it was like last month legitimately. 
it was it was july <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the end of june like the very end of, i mean it's like very short off season for those playoff teams especially those that win the stanley cup i'm sure they don't care yeah uh, sure because they they've been partying for the last two months <laughs> straight um but yeah uh it's crazy that hockey's back um just real quick going over some of the favorites uh, obviously the Avs, and if you're looking at any of the rankings, the Avs are the number one team for a reason. Uh, they're the defending champs, and they're fucking loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Number two on the ESPN rankings here is the Carolina Hurricanes, which is going to surprise some people. It doesn't surprise me at all. They were a force. I thought they got eliminated a little too early in the playoffs last year. Didn't um, they win the President's Cup last year? No, that was... The Panthers, that was the Panthers. Panthers, they definitely got eliminated too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're up there too. Um, third, you got the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, uh, they were in the Western Conference Finals against the Avs. Best and player got in swept. hockey. Got the best player in hockey, so makes sense there. And then at four, you have the Florida Panthers. So of the f- top four teams in the NHL, you got two from each conference, which is exactly what you want to see if you're the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a pretty solid list going into this season. Uh, I think the Rangers are also going to be pretty good. They're up on that list. Um, most of the rest of the top 10 is in the East. So that's an interesting little side note. Um, or at least the next three and then the next three after that of the West. So it'll, it'll be an interesting season. Um, I'm not expecting the Avs to come out hot by any stretch just because yeah. of how short that offseason is. Well, um, short offseason, you've won the Stanley Cup. The focus hasn't been on, like, getting ready to run it back, right? Right. So and it's, that's I, hard to do. You're going to take – I think you're going to have a couple couple roughings in there. A <laughs> couple the rough season. ones, couple couple weeks where they're just kind of getting back into the groove of things, but – they have Camel Carr and Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog. They're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, so hockey back on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Plus, all those things, which is awesome because it means we can watch. Um, so excited yes. for hockey to yes. be back. Uh, side note in the hockey ranks. Did you see your Seattle Kraken announce their mascot? I did. What are your thoughts? Because I have a few. Um, it's here's the thing. I I get what they're going for, right? Like the sea trolls, like it's like a northwestern mythology thing, right? Uh-huh. I get they're going for it. I think the execution was mid. Um, but here's the thing. Because like when I first thought, I was like, what? Like what the fuck? How does this come out like this? Yada yada yada. And then I went and looked at like just like general mascots throughout all of sports. And like 90% of them are the worst thing you've ever seen. And people love them. Like if you look at big red from like Western Kentucky, like one of the more famous ones, the thing or not the thing, what is it? The Philadelphia, whatever. Um, The little dragon green. You see, you said the thing and I can't. Yeah. Oh, the fanatic, the The fanatic. fanatic, right? Like that's an ugly fucking thing. And people love it. It's like one of the most loved mascots in sports. I don't know. It's it's not great, but I don't think it's like the worst thing ever. And really, like, who gives a shit? It's it's a and it's an NHL mascot. Like, 
I think it's pretty terrible. It, it still astounds me how these things get past like marketing departments. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's what we're going with. I, it just it's it's hard to imagine at the end of the day you're right it's a fucking mascot who cares mm-hmm. but it's just another one it's like kind of like the guardians logo it's just like how does this or the name of the commanders like how how does this get past the people that it needs to get past in order to be a thing yeah well i i i think i i think i've kind of gotten especially with like this mascot i feel like i feel like i i get why it happens Right, because somebody pre- presents an idea, they go, "Hey, we want to do the sea trolls, like you know, from sailor mythology in the Pacific Northwest. Like it's like a thing. We want we want that to be highlighted, right? Because like their alternate is like, should we do a kraken or the we're gonna have a skating squid? Like, no, right? Let's. Um, I mean, that's true. Your options are pretty limited. Yeah, at least for like a kid fr- family friendly mascot. Yeah, and then, you know, so they go, okay, we'll do sea trolls. Well, what does a sea troll look like? And then it goes to their concept art, and they go, okay, let's move forward with this sea troll. And then after that, you've invested enough money into it to where you, there's no going back, right? Yeah. Like, that's what happened, <laughs> I think, with this. But. Yeah, and I again, I think your options are kind of limited because you got to be family-friendly. That's the whole point of a mascot. And like you said, what are you going to have, a giant squid? Like, no. Yeah, he's <laughs> have a squid like rolling around on the ice. No, so I'm with you. And Matt, like the mascot thing is just kind of a non-starter for me anyway. It just I, I think like, I think I college like, football really? it's awesome. I agree. I agree. I agree. or col- yeah. college sports it's college awesome. Sports, yeah. Once you become a professional franchise, there's no real need. Yeah, it's <laughs> like what are we what are we doing? Yeah, I, I get it for the kids and stuff. Like, yes, I they should exist, but like. Not a big deal. All right. Before we get into our next segment, we have to do another segment. And that segment is Beer of the Week. Oh, my God. It's Beer of the Week. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do it like Chris does. It was good enough. It was good enough. It passes. Passes. Good enough for government work. Okay. Because I didn't get a beer of the week last week. Somebody decided to go solo. Um, somebody didn't decide to go solo. Somebody for- <laughs> somebody, somebody got his go hand solo. forced. <laughs> All right. This is from Breckenridge Brewery in Breckenridge, Colorado. This is the Juice Drop Hazy IPA. Ooh. I have high expectations. Cool looking can. It's like... Purple. Looks blue. I know with blue. Just looks like straight blue for me. Well, it's, <laughs> it's I'm colorblind. And oh. it's also like super dark on this side of the Yeah, fair. Fair. Because <laughs> of my new lighting setup. <laughs> All right, here we go. Woo! That is an IPA. <laughs> yes, sir. Love that. Oh. A lot of flavor. Ooh, there's a lot going on there. Oh, it's really good. Oh, my God. What are the IBUs on this thing? It is very bitter. Ooh, that that packs a punch. Uh, It's good. 
I don't know that I was expecting it to be quite that bitter. Especially with a name like Juice Drop. Right. Like I was expecting a little more of the juicy side of an IPA than. Yeah. And it's a hazy. Like I wasn't, ex- I just wasn't expecting this. So it's going to take me a second to process what I'm. Okay. Keep going. I'm not saying it's bad. I tend to shy away from more bitter beers in general. Mm-hmm. So this one's not going to be super high on my rating. I'm going to go, uh, I got to go like 2.75. I'd say it's below average. My expectations were totally different than what I'm tasting, which yeah. is probably what's going into that's, this rating. That's definitely a factor. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a bad beer it's just not what i'm wanting when i get a yeah i mean these are all personal ratings right we're not being objective here yeah two point i'm gonna drop it a little 2.5 just because the expectation thing's not it's not matching okay um so i got this beer and i'm looking at it oh it's a collaboration beer between lewitt brewing which is the one by my house and pyatt brewing company um of no idea um, <laughs> I don't see it anywhere on here. Probably somewhere, somewhere, probably in Washington. Let's be real. Um, so this is the influencer hazy IPA. It's very aesthetic can, you know, uh, like little, it's like yellow with like little drippy orange on it with, yeah, it's like very retro style, very synth wave. So, uh, here's a little ASMR with the new mic, dude. We'll see how the ASMR goes with this. Should be splashy and nice. All right, let's give her a little sip. Yeah, it's good. You know, um, it's a hazy IPA, you know. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say there's anything really special about it. Yeah, really standard hazy IPA. I'm going to give it a three. Nothing special about it. You know, if you want, if you're like, you know what sounds good right now, a hazy IPA, you'll be fine with this. You know what I found with a lot of those collaborations is they sound good in theory, and most of the time they just don't add up. Yeah, I think too many cooks in the kitchen is definitely like a thing. Yeah. I also like, I like to, I've, I'm at a point in my life with beer where I want something to be different, right? I want, like, I love the breweries. Um, I can't think of the name right right now. There was a, there was a brewery that came out of another brewery, uh, the the brewmaster was working at a brewery, and they let him kind of brew in their attic um, as like a side project. It might even be called side project. Now I'm thinking about it. I can't remember. I, I listened to it about a while. Ago. I listened uh, to a podcast about it a while ago, and like I went and found one of their beers, and it was so good because like the, like basically the whole point of it was like him being like in his little like creator den, just making like weird beers and like having fun with it and like really exploring brewing possibilities and he made some really incredible beers out of it. And now he's got his own thing. I, I even be called side project brewing. Now I'm thinking about it. But anyways, um, like I, I want that out of a beer. I want something to stand out, something new, right? I've had enough hazy IPA in my day to like, I don't care if it's just a, just an everyday hazy IPA. Right. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if it tastes like the beer that I bought, it's it's a three. Yeah, it's exactly. Average. I mean, this is there's nothing bad about this beer. There's nothing great about this beer. Three. It's a beer. Yeah, it's a beer. Yep, that's all it is. 
Yep, yep. All right, let's move on to the best sport on the planet. The best sport, although, again, generally going to watch it this weekend. Uh, you missed a lot because the games this weekend were fucking crazy good. Just mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the board. It was just mm-hmm. good football across the board. So we're going to start in the Pac-12 because that's what we talk about most on this podcast. Um, and we're going to start in the desert with the Ducks playing the Arizona Wildcats. And this has historically, uh, for those non-Oregon fans out there, been just a house of horrors for Oregon football. There are, there are three things that haunt Oregon fans forever. One, playing Washington State in Pullman. Two, playing Stanford at any Period. time, especially <laughs> when they're bad. And three, playing in Arizona. Either Arizona school. Either, in the, in the, just in, Arizona. In the Arizona. State. Yep. Um, Dan Lanning's done all three in a row. And succeeded, and succeeded masterfully. All three of them. So go, go Dan. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched some of the highlights of this game. Bo Nix looks like prime, like in his prime, man. Bo Nix looks, looks like so freshman year at Auburn. Bo Nix, um, with maturity, but a hundred times better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's he's playing lights out football right now. There's no other way to put it. He is he's not missing many throws, and the ones he misses are understandable misses or throwaways, and. He's just hitting his targets and making the right reads. Yeah, I mean, there's just everything about his play right now. He's confident. He is like the game is looking slow for him. He's always under control. Um, you know, he's he hasn't really he's made a couple like kind of dumb mistakes here and there, but nothing super glaring. Right? There's been a couple moments like, "What are you doing there, Bo?" But you know, nothing that's been like, "Oh, what the." fuck are you doing Bo you know we really haven't had one of those moments since I guess Eastern Washington when he threw onto a defender's helmet but like that was pretty much it <laughs> yeah I mean since the since the Georgia game he's thrown 12 touchdowns and one pick yeah no he looks fantastic and his I, I saw a stat somewhere and I forgot to save it of course because that's awesome but his completion percentage since that Georgia game is like 78%. He's averaging like 8.2 yards per pass and 12-something per completion or some ridiculous stat like that. I mean, he's playing out of his mind right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's wonderful to watch. He's fun to watch. Yeah. And, and, and Oregon fans the last couple years – while we've had good football and we won a Rose Bowl and it's not like Mario Cristobal teams were bad, it just hasn't been like this. It hasn't been fun to watch. It hasn't. Oregon football has not been fun to watch over the last couple of years. It, this offense is some of the most fun offense I've seen, and I'm including the Chip Kelly era. Uh, this, this, Chip Kelly, the Chip Kelly era, don't get me wrong, was incredible. It was revolutionary to the game of football. Um. But it was it was like pretty one dimensional, right? Like you you pretty much knew. Now, when I say one dimensional, I mean like on the play card, right? Like they ran like basically like seven plays constantly. There were just yeah. so many wrinkles and stuff in those plays that you know you you, you were able because because nobody knew what they were doing, so those wrinkles just fucked people up. 
Yeah. Right. And so like that's that's why they were scoring so much is it was an entirely new thing that people hadn't seen and couldn't defend. This offense is so much more varied. It is so much more balanced. It is just so fun to watch. It, I mean, it definitely helps that we have like one of the best offensive lines in the country. You know, um, if not the best offensive line in the yeah. country. Um yeah. it's just uh yeah, it's just it's it's just so much more fun to watch for me, especially then compare that to Mario Cristobal years. This is night and day. Yeah. I mean, this this team put up forty nine points in three quarters. They totally let off the gas in the fourth quarter. This came game could have been eighty whatever to twenty two. <laughs> I mean, the offense was moving the ball at will. Yeah. They, the offense when Bo Nix was in and playing like with their foot on the gas, had zero negative plays other than penalties. Unbelievable. So any actual play was positive yards or an incomplete pass, which there were only five, I think. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, it was unbelievable. And like I was texting you during the game because you couldn't watch, um, like uh, to start this game, it, it was, I wouldn't say I was worried by any stretch of the imagination, but Arizona moved the ball. Their first drive, they got to like the three-yard line, before they bungled a, a handoff and the Ducks got the ball on a fortunate turnover. And then that was their one drive where they could, didn't really do anything, the Oregon offense, right then. Mm. Punted the ball back. Arizona started to move the ball again. Um, and then they got stopped, and, and Oregon got the ball for the second time. And after they got that ball a second time, it was like, this game's over. Because, I mean... When I say they move the ball at will, I mean they did whatever they wanted. Yeah. With that football. And like and like, you know, you were you were texting me that Arizona was moving the ball really well. And I think I had texted you back like Arizona's gonna do that. The like especially in this matchup. In. Especially in this matchup. Oregon's pass defense is good, but it's the weakest part of their game. Uh, on the Ducks team as a total right now, the pass defense is the weakest part. I think they're still fine. Like they're not a bad group of DBs, right? But there, there, there's growth that needs to happen there before you actually compete on the highest level. That's where you need the most growth. Um, and then Arizona's only strength is their passing game. <clears throat> yeah. And even then, it's their wide receivers because Jaden Delora has the worst throwing motion. Did you notice it? Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It is so bad. His throwing motion is so It's terrible. Bad. It's long. It's low. It's it's disgusting, man. Hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> but yeah, and that's so that's that's what Arizona can do is they can move the ball around um, through the air. But like, as soon as you're like, yeah, Oregon's moving the ball well, I was like, okay, I don't need it. Like, I don't even need this anymore. Yeah, it was it was over. Um, the first two drive, the the second and third drive that Oregon had where they ended up with points, I was like, this this is over. Like I, I like no sweat after that. It was like Arizona can do whatever they want because their defense is not going to do anything to stop. Yeah, the buzz saw that is the Oregon offense right now. <laughs> I mean, they were running the ball all over the place. Good, uh, I mean, listener. Duck, I would I would like to give Jamie props. I would, I would like to give Jamie props. Let's see. Um, I'm going to go through our text real quick, real quick. Um, at 6.33 p.m. my time. So the Ducks have been playing for 30 minutes. Not even because kickoff was like 
Jamie says, 55-yard rushing TD, beautiful blocking. Ducks should be able to go for 250 on the ground today, easy. Guess what they did? They went for 306. They went for 306. Jamie called that from the beginning. (laughs) I almost said 300, but I was like, they might be up by enough that they're just not going to try anymore, which was almost true. So I almost said 300, but I was like 250. They're going to have maybe in three rushes, which... (laughs) I mean, they only, yeah, it's, it was, it was fun football on Saturday. The offensive line was absolute animal. They are so good. The defense only got stronger as the day went on. Like once they figured out Arizona's attack, it was like, yeah, you may get a few chunk plays on us, but you're not going to like, this is not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just overall really good football. Like, I don't have a whole lot of complaints. Still a lot of flags, right? And some of them were pretty ticky-tacky because they're Pac-12 officials, and that's how it fucking works. Um, It's amazing that this is still an issue. But they need to clean it. uh, But the Ducks need to clean it up because some, like, a lot of those penalties were were justified and they need to clean it up because it's going to bite them at some point Mm -hmm. here in the next couple weeks, especially as their schedule gets tougher. Yeah. Um, if, if I have any gripe, it's that. And I think that's something they can work on heavily in these coming weeks, especially as they have a bye week coming up. Yeah. that, That should clean up right. Clean up right. Nice. So that was the Oregon game. Uh, Washington did not have the same fortunes in the desert as they lost to a terrible Arizona State team. Arizona State shouldn't win a Pac-12 game this year. Arizona State should lose to Colorado and Boulder in a couple weeks. That's how bad Arizona They're State is. Bad. They're falling apart. They have zero leadership on field, off field. They have zero vision. They're just, I mean, it's a program that's just listing into the void right now. Yep. Now, they, they'll they probably get a hire that's, you know, they should be able to get a pretty good hire in Arizona State. It's a good job. Um, that could bring it, reel it back. And, like, they have the talent there, right? They have the talent there to be a decent team. I don't think I don't think they have the talent to be, like, a great team or anything. But they could be a decent team, but they are just, they have no identity, no leadership. They are just, like I said, listing into the void of college football right now. And they beat Washington. And then they beat Washington. You know, it's no Montana, though. It's no Montana. <laughs> it's, Go Grizz. it's not. Go Grizz. It just it makes me so happy, especially with how fucking vocal and annoying that Husky fan base is on Twitter mm-hmm. when their team does anything remotely cool. They're just re-fucking-lentless. It's unbelievable how annoying and terrible they are. And then just to have them shut right the fuck up in back-to-back weeks. And from from everything I heard, again, I was indisposed on Saturday. Um, Like, Arizona State, like, even even though the score was an eight-point game, like, it wasn't an eight. Seven. seven Seven-point game. But... Oh, yeah, seven. I can't math. We established that in the solo episode. I can't math. <laughs> it wasn't. And you know, for most of the second half, they they traded blows basically for the entire second half. Mm-hmm. 
But for the vast majority of that game, Arizona State had a two-score lead. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Penix Jr. had a mid-game at best. He did get hit quite a few times. Um, He threw for 311 yards, but it took him 53 pass attempts to do that. Yeah, I like like I said, like I like Michael Penix Jr. Like I I know he went to Washington, so I'm obviously going to bias towards him. Like I liked, I loved him at in, uh, Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah, loved him at Indiana. I just like don't see like people are hyping him up like absolute psychopaths. Dude, right? it's Washington. That's what they do. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, even outside of Washington, right? People like I was like I would listen to the Pac-12 radio on Sirius, and they're talking about Heisman campaign for Michael Penn. And I'm just like, I don't see that. Like, he's good. I think he's good, right? It's the same with uh, Cam Ward. I think he's a good player. Like, I don't think he's all that, like, what people are making him out to be. I'll take Bo Nix over both those guys. All day. And I'm not just being a homer. Bo Nix is a better quarterback than those guys. Statistically, yeah. uh, his, Statistically it's mechanic, not even really close. his mechanics are better. He's more of a dual threat, at least in the Oregon offense. Like, I think Michael Penix probably has better legs than Bo Nix overall. Mm-hmm. But I would take Bo Nix over both those guys in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I'm not even – I'm trying to not even be a homer when I say that. I just think he's a better quarterback. Yeah. And, I mean, like, Michael Penix has – he's, like, the second leading passer yards-wise. Yeah, but they year. throw, like, a trillion times a game. It's like all they do is throw the football. Yeah, I mean, okay. So just here's here's kind of a stat for you guys. Last year at Indiana, he threw 162 times. Yeah, he was hurt. Uh, year before that, in 2020, in the shortened season, he threw 220 times. He has already thrown the ball 244 times. Yeah, he has more. He has almost more completions this year than he has attempts in 2021 and 2019. They're throwing the ball in absolute. Yeah, in comparison, Bo Nix has thrown the ball 186 times. Yeah. 40 less attempts through five games. No, no, no. You said he's thrown the ball how many times? 186. At 60. 60 less. (laughs) 60 fewer. About 10 less per game. How many yards does he have? Bo Nix. Yeah. Has, hold please, 1,526 yards. He's got 500 less yards. With On 60. 60 less attempts? Yeah. So, Bo Nix's average per pass attempt is 8.2. Yeah, and Michael Penix is 8.4. So, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe we're being dramatic, but, like, it's, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it with Bo, or uh, Michael Penix Jr. as much as I do. Maybe And, like, it could be also offense, right? Like, Bo Nix is clearly comfortable in the Dillingham system. And you, you, I just gushed over how good this offense system is. And maybe Washington isn't that, but I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't see it as much. Like he's good. Obviously he's obviously, a I good think he's good. I think he's a top half quarterback in the league. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a top three or four in, in the pack 12. Uh, top four. I would give him that. Yeah. So that I mean, you got like what, like Caleb Williams is, Right up there. Caleb Williams, DTR, Bo Nix, and then probably Michael Penix. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's pretty fair with the way they're playing right now. Yeah. So, Uh, But they lost to Arizona State, and they suck, so. (laughs) Idiots. That's Washington. 
elsewhere in the Pac-12, uh, USC took care of Washington State pretty handily. Uh, again, wasn't like overwhelmingly impressive. They were just steadily consistent through the whole game. Yeah. And, you know, like this, like USC, I, I just really want them to come. Like this week is going to be a very good litmus test for USC. Um, going against Utah, Utah is a really nice defense out there. Um, and you know, by you, far the best defense that USC's faced far not and even, away. Not even it's close. not even uh, Washington State has a good defense. Don't get me wrong, Washington State has a good defense. They are not Utah's defense. Utah not has a great defense, and yes. um, so watching what they do against this USC offense, if they can slow them down and Cam Rising can have a good game. I mean, I, it's good. I don't be. see why Utah can't win this game. I, I would almost in, pick Utah in this especially game. Especially in Utah. Like you said, USC has been fairly underwhelming I for the amount of like talent they have. Been, yeah, they've just been kind of chugging along on a very vanilla schedule. Yes. Yeah, that's the big one. It's a very vanilla schedule. I mean, like if you look at their if you look at their schedule right now, listener, you got Rice, terrible. Sanford, terrible. bad. Fresno State turns out also terrible. Oregon State, good. Middle good of team, the pack. Not great. Yeah. Washington or Arizona State, terrible. Terrible. Washington State, good. Not middle great. of the pack. They yeah. have not they have not played a team that is currently that has, has been ranked this year. Oh, uh, Washington State. Did Washington State nope. get ranked? No. Nope. They have not played a ranked team this year. Oh, Fresno State started, I think, as a ranked team. But I don't, don't think they that. did either. Oh. But I anyways. don't think they've played anybody that has been ranked. Like, yeah. And the combined record of that, I don't know what it is, but it's it's bad. Like mm-hmm. That's not it. That is an easy schedule. The toughest game on that schedule was Oregon State. Yeah. Uh, by, by kind of... Well, Washington State's also pretty good. I put Washington State and Oregon State kind of about yeah, the same. Yeah, but at at Oregon State and home against Washington State, the hardest Fair. game on that schedule was Oregon State. Fair. And it showed they only won by three. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you only put up seventeen points against Oregon State, what can Utah do against you in Salt Lake City? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just this. Just keep an eye. We'll we'll do our little Pac-12 preview coming up, and we kind of previewed it there a little, but. Uh, USC still has just not shown me what I've needed to see to say that they're worthy of their number six ranking. No, and I touched on this in the in the solo episode. I don't think anybody's shown like this utter like this crazy dominance. Right, every Ohio team State this year, has. every team, but they've they've looked weak at times too. Not really. The only time they looked weak is when CJ Stroud kind of got hurt. Fair. When he's in, that team's fucking unreal. We'll talk about that coming up too. Okay. Um, so let's 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 finish the Pac-12 here. The marquee game in the Pac-12 this week was Utah at UCLA, and UCLA by far, so far to me in this season, is the surprise. I had UCLA middle of the pack when we did our our preseason rankings, mm-hmm. and they are just they are proving me wrong. DTR in his fifth fifth year is doing everything that we needed to see out of him. And um, they're firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they look fantastic. Fantastic. Um, you know, and that's setting up for a great 
And they both have a bye week this week. It's setting up for a great game with Oregon versus UCLA. Probably going to be well, the game day game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fireworks. And the thing about it for me with UCLA, too, is it's a different story than USC because they have played people. Now, they hadn't the first four weeks, right? Their first mm-hmm. four weeks were super weak. In fact, they were arguably the weakest in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the question mark going into that Washington game. We're gonna, we, we even predicted that Washington was going to win that game. It was like UCLA can't actually be for real. They've just played a bunch of cupcakes. Yeah. And they almost lost to South Alabama. But then they came out and beat Washington by eight, and then they turned around and were like, okay, they're finally going to fall back to earth. Utah is the class of the pack, and they're going to they're gonna finally kick UCLA off. And UCLA stuck with them all game and held a lead for almost all that game and just wore Utah out, which most teams can't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, UCLA is looking like vintage Chip Kelly at Oregon right now with the way they're scoring yeah, I mean, and the way that offense is running. The way DTR is cooking right now. And like we, 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 we've we been, um, I think, very high on DTR uh, throughout his career. We've always talked about the potential he has and how good he can be. He's starting to show that he is that guy this year. Um, again, it's still kind of jury still out. Like, where is Washington truly? They just lost to Arizona State, right? Like, he looked great in that game, but how good are they? Um, you know, Utah's a great team. That was that was kind of a proven moment. He looked great in there. Can he sustain that? Can he sustain? This is a tough three week stretch, three yes. game stretch in four weeks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, toughest test coming up against Oregon in Eugene, which is uh, one of the hardest places to play in the country, as the Ducks have the second longest yes. win- home win streak. Um. So again, we'll we'll preview that more next week. I don't want to dive too deep into that with how much we still have to talk about. Uh, but UCLA, the surprise of the season so far for me, and, and I'm enjoying it. It's it's obviously we like that brand of football. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> obviously so it is fun to watch. And uh, you know, right now, if you're telling me who do I like in the South, UCLA or USC, I would take UCLA. Agreed. I think they're a more complete team. My, my problem with USC is they have all the talent in the world on the offensive side of the ball. I've, t- I've talked about this all year. I've harped on it. You probably are sick of me talking about it. They are not a complete team. They're they not, are they going to lose. They have a ridiculously lose. easy schedule. <laughs> yeah, they have a ridiculously easy schedule, but they have... I mean, they're not a complete team. Their defense is atrocious. The only thing they can do is get turnovers sometimes, right? And like yeah. that's that's nice. That's big, right? That's how Oregon lived and died last year, too. Um, but like their defense is so vulnerable. If they come against a good team uh, that that can stop their offense or slow, I mean, you saw it against Oregon State. They slowed down USC, and they were right in that game. They should have won that game. They absolutely should have won that game. And yeah. and, and, and you look and if you could do that with a better offense, I mean, the Oregon State did that with Chance Nolan, who was benched. He's bad. Yeah, like, I mean, like he's he's not bad, terrible, bad. but he's he's pretty bad. I mean, he's bottom three. Yeah, he's bottom three in the pack yeah, for sure. Just saying something, just saying something. There's some bad quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I don't I, like if you can do that with like say a Bo Nix or even a Michael Penix, 
you or DTR or DTR. And like, I think that I think it's a pretty easy dub. Yeah. So I'm, I think UCLA is looking super strong. They, they have a much tougher road. They've passed half that road with Washington and Utah. Uh, after Oregon, they have Stanford, Arizona state and Arizona leading up to that USC game. So the road, definitely flattens out if not goes steep downhill after this <laughs> Oregon matchup and uh so at, that's going to be a must see game on November 19th second to last weekend um it's going to be awesome I cannot wait for that uh so UCLA looking strong and then to end out the Pac-12 weekend we had Oregon State at Stanford which in true Pac-12 after dark fashion uh, ended in the most ridiculous way possible. I I did get to watch that. You did, and <laughs> that was unbelievable. And I had to hold myself in, I, even though I couldn't. Um, you, you didn't hold yourself in, but you had to hold it a little. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was in a Discord because we were watching the uh, Formula One stuff when it was going on, and uh, which, by the way, listener, during games, a lot of times we are in a Discord chat in our. Uh, Discord that is linked in the bios. Um, come in, join us. Just hang, come out and talk with us. We'll we'll hang out. We'll have a good time. Um, and uh, so we're watching we're watching the games. And I'll, I'll I'm like ten seconds ahead of Jamie and Cameron who are watching from Jamie's house. And the immaculate reception that happened there, <laughs> <laughs> like I just was like, holy shit! And they're like, what? What happened? What happened? <laughs> And I just sit there going, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Uh, it, was, it was too fun. I loved, I fucking love college football, man. Oh, it's so great. And it was a terrible play. Absolute, awful. absolute awful decision been a pick. by Ben Goldbranson. Should have been, been picked. It should have ended the game the other way. And instead it goes 43 yards for a touchdown or however long it was. I don't even know. And. Game over. Uh, Oregon State wins by one. Just unbelievable. Well, there was still like there was still like forty seconds left or something like that. Stanford starts a nice little drive, right? They're 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 chugging down the field, and then Tanner McKee, um, which apparently he's like a very highly touted recruit. I don't remember him being. He was. Um, he doesn't really look it yet. I mean, he's young, um, and. Uh, Throws throws a pick right to the Oregon defender right in his arms. Oregon State, boop, game over. Game Crazy. over. Because we were talking about, oh, there's a lot of time left. They can still come down the field and score. They could, and I, I was just kind of like, well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, Pac-12 after dark remains insane. All right. We got to keep going. <laughs> we could talk <laughs> about the Pac-12 forever. I know, right? Um other games this weekend, Alabama just cannot seem to get past Texas A&M easily for whatever reason. It's the Saban-Fisher rivalry, dude. I guess. Texas A&M, for those that didn't watch this game, should have won. They Absolutely had, should have won this game. They had the ball on the two-yard line after a pass interference in the end zone. Gave them the ball on the two-yard line with three seconds left, down by four points. And they ran quite possibly the worst play I have ever seen <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> I, I was flabbergasted 
I was like all hyped. I was like, they're going to fucking do it. Uh, down goes Alabama. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M takes them down. Awesome. And then they ran whatever the fuck that what was. What was it? So I, I, this was part of the time when I couldn't it was, watch. So they're on the far hash, right, as you're watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And in college football, the hashes are pretty wide. They ran, I don't know if it was a five-wide five set or if there was a running back in backfield, but they were out of shotgun. Now, to be fair, on the surface, that sounds terrible. On this drive, Texas A&M's O-line was Swiss fucking cheese. That quarterback was running for his goddamn life on every play, Mm. and the fact that they even got as far as they did was kind of a miracle. So that kind of sets the scene for you. Um, because I think your initial reaction when I was texting you was like, I don't, uh, maybe I'm old school, but I just want a hat on a hat and run the ball. Like that wouldn't have worked ever with how this game was going. Okay. So it's either five wide or, or the running back was in the backfield. I can't remember. They snapped the ball. The f- like, first of all, the quarterback just looked right the entire time. So to the short side of the field where there was one receiver. He was looking that way the whole time, and it was a stupid dig route back to the pylon. So it was outside shoulder dig route that was a thousand percent blanket covered, like zero percent chance of completing a pass. (laughs) As soon as I saw him looking over, I was like, "This is fucking over." Yeah. So unbelievable. I am going to defend myself here a little bit. So I imagine that on Texas A&M's last drive, they were passing a lot. Correct. When they were being Swiss cheese. Oh, yeah. So run blocking is a much different thing. Right? Like, um I agree with you. You can you can I'm... be Swiss cheesed all game on pass block and still run the shit out of the ball. So for me, being kind of like the old school old head football guy, my thought process is if you're two yards game on the line, you go in, you say offensive line. You get us two yards or we don't deserve to win this game. Yeah. And then you line up under center. You hand the ball off to your best running back and you plow through. I'd like, there's no reason to me for me to like throw that ball. Almost we'll talk ever. about this with the Broncos too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, we saw this twice this fucking week. Yeah. Almost ever. There's just, there's like, and like I'm seeing it every week where like somebody gets down, the red zone, they're on the one or two yard line and it's they unreal. throw it three times. Stop. I don't care what the analytics say here. I don't care. Game on the line, you put the you you say hat on a hat. Hat on a hat. You get lower, you lower your pad level, you fire out, and you win this football game for our get team. Get in the goddamn end zone. Like your get in the god like, it. yeah. This is this is your one job right now. You don't have to especially when it comes to like run blocking, right? Run blocking is a lot easier. No, I, I don't want to say like easier because there's there's but like if you are getting two yards. Run blocking is a lot easier. You fire out as hard as you can. If you miss, your your running back will have another lane, right? Because that person's streaking up the side and you'll have a lane most of the time unless it's like Jadavion Clowney, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like fire out as hard as you can, hit the guy in front of you, get lower than him, drive him back. That's all you like. It's. I would rather lose on that. Than on what the whatever the fuck that play yeah. was, and and here's the thing, most running backs, especially nowadays, can jump that pile and get two yards. Yeah, oh, on yeah. a fire. If, if you can, if you can stalemate 
at the two, most of these running backs can jump six feet in the air and two yards forward. Like, I just, I, I don't see any reason to throw a ball. Especially with the game, like, I get, like, mid-game, sure. Because, like, you're still trying to figure it out. You're still, like, when the game is on the line, you have one play. You you earn the play, right? Like, yep. Anyways, that's my old head rant. I agree. <laughs> so, Alabama should have lost. They didn't. That was the first scare of the weekend. Georgia kind of got back on track. Mostly got back on track. They shut out Auburn in the first half. Auburn, the... Georgia offense took a little bit to get going, but they ended up beating Auburn 42 to 10 mm. pretty handily. Ohio State had their first road game of the season. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Their first five games were at home. Uh, it went to Michigan State and blew them out. Just absolutely demolished them. Michigan State's a little bit in shambles, a lot of bit in shambles. They're two and four. Uh, nothing like the 11 and one team that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what Mel Tucker can do to turn it around. Old Sparty, um, yep. <laughs> Michigan took care of Indiana, really no struggle there. The offense was fairly anemic in the first half, but they turned it on the second half and won by 21. Uh, Clemson took care of business at Boston college. Boston college is bad. No surprise there. Uh, let's see other games of note. Tennessee beat the extremely overrated LSU Tigers in LSU. Oh, one of like the most overrated teams I can remember. They're at twenty five. Just saying something. Um, people are still voting for them in the top twenty five. That's by unbelievable. The way. That is unreal. <laughs> they, they lost by they lost by almost thirty at home. They're like they're bad. Come on, bad, bad, bad. Um, Tennessee is good though on the Ten- Tennessee is very good. LSU is and bad. We'll, they we'll sh- they shouldn't the be anywhere near up. the top twenty-five. The three or four people who voted for them, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Agreed. The first top twenty-five team to lose was Utah at eleven. After that, it was Kentucky losing to South Carolina. That was kind of the surprising outcome of the weekend, and they lost by ten at home. So yeah, I, mean, kind I, of I think big- we've all kind of talked about. Kentucky being overrated, and this is going to be a theme because the SEC is wildly overrated as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, but South Carolina looks to be on the right track coming back a little bit. Um, I I haven't really paid attention to South Carolina. I didn't think they were I mean, they be got, relevant at all. They lost. They're not going to be super relevant. They're going to be middle of the SEC, but this is a good win because it's not like Kentucky's bad there just weren't anything no, no. that they were cracked up to. yeah uh nc state survived a scare against florida state florida state made maybe the second dumbest decision of the weekend any other weekend this would have been the dumbest decision uh but jimbo fisher pulled the dumbest um florida state had the ball in field goal range to win the game they're down by two had the ball 30 seconds left in field goal range like well with it, like six, six to ten yards inside field goal range, wherever mm-hmm. that green line is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN puts on, and they threw a ball into the end zone straight to a defender, like overthrew the receiver, <laughs> just easy fair catch pickoff in the end zone. Wow, unreal! Like Florida State fans, how are you doing today? Because good God, man, that's bad. <laughs> 
Like I, I know college kickers are rough and it can be scary. Trust us, we know. Like, give them a fucking chance. You live through Maldonado, we know. Oh God, don't. <laughs> but we do know. Um, BYU lost to Notre Dame. That was pretty surprising. That's a bad I thought loss. BYU was going to roll. That's a bad. And they, loss. It was pretty rough. Uh, that Notre Dame defense actually played really good football. Yeah, on Saturday. Uh, TCU beat Kansas in Kansas. Uh, Kansas was 5-0. and Definitely one of the surprises of the college football season. They definitely didn't disappoint. It's not like they went out and got blown out. They were in that game until the very end. Yeah, it was a so, good game. Good for them. Uh, good to see. And then the rest we've talked about. Um, pretty much. Kansas State won 10-9 to against Iowa State. Oats. <laughs> But yeah, that was the top 25. So quick preview of next week since we've talked for a long time about college football already. We tend to do that, guys. Yep. If you don't know that by now, yeah, I yeah, don't know on. what to tell you. Um, this Saturday is the second time in college football history that there are three matchups of teams that are 5-0 and or better on the same day. Really? Yep. And I don't think it's happened since 2001. I think that was the last time. So this weekend we have 5-0 Penn State at 6-0 Michigan, 6-0 Alabama at 5-0 Tennessee, and 5-0 Oklahoma State at 5-0 TCU. That's crazy. That'll be fun. That is crazy, and that's going to be a lot of fun. What do you got? And we have a stress-free weekend of football because the Ducks uh, are on a bye. Love that. So I can just watch those games and enjoy them for what they are. I can just watch football this weekend and not be stressed. I'm so excited. All right, so let's go in order of these. We got Penn State at Michigan. I'm going to go Michigan. I'm going to go Michigan. It's in the big house. I think Penn State's good. I don't think Penn State is that elite team that we saw several years ago that made mm. the Rose Bowl and stuff. I don't think they're quite that. And that Michigan defense, man, is just really good. Yeah, Michigan's a good team, again. Um, I Especially at Michigan. I, like yeah. we, we went to the big house. It's not as impressive as I thought it was going to be. It's still a really hard place to win a football game. Um, so it's just hard to win on the road. It's hard to win on the road. Uh, so I'm going to take Michigan. I am also going to take Michigan. Next, we have the game day game. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. This is the game of the week. This is absolutely the game of the week. I want to pick Tennessee so badly. I really want to pick what is it, Hendon Hooker and those guys to come in and beat Alabama. However. (laughs) <laughs> historically when Nick Saban either loses or struggles, the next game is an absolute fucking blowout. Um, now, do I think this is going to be a blowout? No, but Alabama's going to play some good fucking football. I think in, in uh, Knoxville. Um, so I'm picking Alabama. This is my high hopes speaking. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm picking Tennessee. Uh, this Alabama team has shown twice now this season against fairly mid opponents that they are gettable. And They're definitely most, gettable. Most years, I can't say that at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. So, I 
if I was like just using my head in this, I would probably pick Alabama because it's probably the smart pick. But something feels different about this Tennessee team. I'm not saying they're a team at destiny and they're going to go out and win it all or anything like that, but it just feels like they have the pieces finally in place to do something like this, mm-hmm. especially at home. And Alabama's shown now the two times that they've struggled were on the road. So, no, nope, Texas A&M was at home. So they've struggled at home and on the road. And Knoxville's tough, man. That Neyland Stadium's a tough place to play. It definitely especially, is, especially when they're good. Especially when they're good. So, oh, that's so tough. Uh, I'm picking Tennessee. I don't feel great about it. Alabama's probably going to win. Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite. Tennessee uh, will cover, I think. The number of times that Nick Saban's been a single digit favorite or an underdog is really low. Like it just it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I hope, man, I hope it just be. <laughs> it'd be so great. And it would be nice to see another color other than red in that top four. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Dear God. I know Clemson's orange, right? I know. Just Clemson's not a top four team. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> it would be nice to see not Alabama in there. Yeah. All right. And then the last one, we got Oklahoma State at TCU. This may be the best actual game of the three mm-hmm. because it's kind of a coin flip. And Vegas agrees because it has TCU, the home team, as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. Um, I really don't know who to pick here. TCU has really surprised me. I thought they were going to be okay this year. I didn't think they were going to be good, um, but they're good. They're they a good team. Good. And they're, they've, they are, they've proved they are it good. two or three times now that they're a good team. Um, Oklahoma State, also, like we, we both kind of predicted them to be a little more down. They've proved it. I mean, less so. Like They've only beat Baylor, which is their only ranked win. But, um, man. I'm picking TCU. I think I'm going to pick TCU just because they're at home. Home. That's why. For me. Other than that, this is a coin flip. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think whoever the home team is. Oh yeah. my god! Hold on, check this out. Points per game: forty six point four for Oklahoma State. TCU: forty six point four. Points allowed per game: Oklahoma State twenty four point eight. TCU twenty three point eight. This is this so is TCU. A, there you go. This is a close matchup. Yeah, total TCU yards. By one. Total yards. Uh, Oklahoma State four sixty nine point four a game. TCU five thirty a game. TCU by one point. TCU by one point. <laughs> that's what I'm taking. Oklahoma State's going to cover. TCU's going to win. That's Love how that. it's going to go. Love that for you. <laughs> um. All right, let's quickly get into the Pac-12 preview for this week. It'll be a little easier because the Ducks aren't playing, so we don't need to dive too deep into any of these. Mm-hmm. We got Cal coming into Boulder with a new regime, re-energized Buffaloes. Cal is meh. They're not bad. They're not good. Uh, the Buffs are bad, but it is Boulder, and Boulder is always tough to play in, no matter how bad the Buffs are. Who are you picking? I'm picking Cal. 
mm-hmm. because until these uh, the only team that I'm picking the Buffs to win against is Arizona State in Boulder. Fair. Um, it'll, I'm really intrigued to see how they the Buffs come out and play. Yep. Um, like you you said a couple times that like they've shown a lot of energy since Darrell's been fired. Um, which you know who knows? I mean, we've seen it before. Who knows? I we've mean, crazier shits happened. I mean, we saw what like, uh, what not, Coach O did at USC after right. exactly yeah, like, exactly. Um. So you know you never you never know. Um. But I'm still going Cal. Like you said, I'm the buffs Cal. the buffs have to prove that they can. You have you have to show me. I need yeah. to show. I need to see that you are even capable of staying in a football game mm-hmm. for more than a half. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that one. I'm picking Cal. Don't be shocked if this one's closer. Like it's a 14 and a half point spread for Cal, and I would take the buffs on that. Um, and I I totally understand why the spread is what it is. The buffs have been <laughs> terrible, but um, we'll see. Uh, there's hope because because of the the change in leadership. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Arizona at Washington. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm taking the Huskies. Yeah. It's in Seattle. It's. I'm, I'm taking. I, I was making a joke, win. but it's, it's the Huskies. <laughs> the Huskies is the pick. <laughs> yeah, Arizona is not good. Uh, Stanford at Notre Dame. It's it's Notre Dame. Yeah. Stanford's bad. USC at Utah. Now the fun begins. Say say that again one more time. USC at Utah. I, I For think, reference, Utah's a three and a half point favorite. I think I'm going to go Utah. I'm picking Utah. You, this is the this is this is the defense. And here's the thing: we talked about our top four quarterbacks in here, and ne- neither of us mentioned Cam Rising, but he probably should be in there. Cam Rising he's, is an absolute beast. He's, he's probably he's he's better than Michael Penix, so he's, he's number four. He's a doubt, I, and like maybe his talent isn't quite on those levels. Like his ceiling is lower than all four of those guys we had in front of him. Yeah, but like the way he plays the game of football, he is a perfect game manager for this Utah team. He's a perfect fit for this offense. Yes, um, and and so I think uh, like with with that offense, um, and and a defense mostly that can that defense. wickedly slow down USC. It's mostly because of the defense that yeah. I'm picking this. I mean, their DBs looked insane last week. They were so good. Um, like it, not not quite as good as the Beavers against USC because that was like one of the better DB performances I've ever seen in my life. But um, Utah could absolutely do that to them. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Utah. I think they, I think this is the game that they could do it. I'm picking Utah. Yep, I'm picking Utah in this. And then to round out the Pac-12 schedule, the one Pac-12 after dark game, and it's actually not that late, is Washington State at Oregon State. And Vegas sees this as a draw on neutral site because it's Oregon State by three. This is this is the most even matchup of the bunch. Yes, it is. Um, this is this is an incredibly even matchup. Um, both have like pretty glaring strengths, and both of them have pretty glaring weaknesses. Um, <sighs> Oregon and State's- both teams' strengths match up with the other weakness, right? Like Oregon State's strength is their defense. Both, both, both of the defenses yeah. are the strengths. So, like, which offense can break through? Oof. 
Um, the reason you just said that which offense can break through, um, as much as Gold Branson could be a nice quarterback and he made that throw last week, that was bad. That won them the game. Um, I, I I think Cam Ward is the better quarterback here, and so I think I'm going to go Washington State. That is exactly my logic on picking Washington State. I hope that's not true. I want the Beavers to win this game. Me too. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Beavers really t- like hard, but I think Washington State takes it. Agreed. Uh, agreed. And then other notable matchups other than all these that we've mentioned, we got NC State at Syracuse, 5-0 and Syracuse. Shocking. This is the shock of the season, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had a few shocks that we've talked about, but that one is wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go. Syracuse is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, just saying. Yeah. I mean, NC State has been pretty lackluster. Um, NC State has not lived up to the billing. Yeah. Now, they're 5-1. and one. And the one loss is the one that we either predicted or said they could lose. Yeah. Um, but they've also looked pretty mediocre in the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. They haven't really. They, it's like it's like Mario Cristobal wins. They're just. It's exactly. They don't, right. You're like, this is rough. Um, but I, I, I think they continue that trend I pick against. Uh, you know what? Let's just go pure fucking chaos. <laughs> I'm picking Syracuse. <laughs> Love it, man. Why the fuck I respect not? it. I respect football. it. I respect it. It's college football. Let's go. Uh, I want to throw this one in there. I don't have it on a rundown, but it it's fun for me. And that is Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's bad. Oklahoma's real bad. Oklahoma got shut out by Texas. And Texas that is isn't even rivalry. that good. That's a rivalry fucking game. <laughs> Texas isn't even that good. That's as big as hate gets in college football. And they got shut out. Yeah. Out. I would say I would say in terms of like rivalry in college football, it is Ohio State Michigan at the top, best rivalry in college football, and it's really not even close. Yeah. Um. And then it's Oklahoma Texas. You'd probably throw Alabama Auburn in there. I that's three for me. Yeah. I mean, two A two B for me. Yeah. But fair. I, either way, this one's right up there in the best rivalries in college football, and they got. Absolutely housed by Texas. Just absolutely housed. Just routed. They didn't I even mean, I've nev- I haven't seen Oklahoma in my, like, maybe in my life, I don't think I've seen Oklahoma football look that helpless. It was I, unbelievable to see. Definitely not. I mean, Oklahoma's been at least decent for, like, the last four decades. Like, and, it, and that game... Always lives up to the hype. Always. Even when one of the teams is glaring like so much better than the other, it's always a dogfight. Yeah. And it just chaos. was from the moment that ball was kicked, Oklahoma just didn't want to be on the field. Wow. <laughs> so I'm picking Kansas because <laughs> I am too. Oh, I don't yeah. know if Oklahoma's gonna win another fucking game. They look it, yeah. I mean Venables unless, is uh, needing to adjust pretty bad. Oh, he's he's on the hot seat already. Don't don't think for a one goddamn second that Oklahoma is going to be complacent with any sort of mediocrity. Yeah. Because they are not. They're not. And this, <laughs> like, this is past mediocrity. They're bad. This is bad. Yeah. Seat's hot already. Mm-hmm. Well, tingly. Um, tingly down there. Clemson at Florida State. Clemson's only a three and a half point favorite. Florida State's looked pretty good. 
They should have beat NC State, except for a really terrible decision by whatever their quarterback's name is. Um, and Clemson is back to being Clemson, which is beating the teams they should beat and playing some other teams pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm at the point where I have to give Clemson their props. They've played some good teams this year. Uh, NC State's a good team. Disappointing compared to last year or what they should be. But And Wake Forest is a good team, so I have to give them props. It's, it's just one of the tougher schedules they've played in the last two decades. Um, so, it, I, like, I, I'm still on the fence about Florida State. Um, I mean, they've, they've lost to their two ranked opponents. Um, I don't think this is going to be any different. Clemson's going to go in there. I think I think kind of Clemson big too. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm 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 right there with you. I'm not sold on Florida State yet. I think they're on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the right coaching staff in there. I think Florida State is going to be back in the next year or two. Yep, I agree. Um but now's not the time. No, they're not there yet. Now, that being said, Clemson likes to drop a road game now and then. And even with Florida State being on the rise and not fully back yet, Tallahassee's a tough place to play football. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be surprised if this game's close, and I won't be surprised if some crazy shit happens at the end of this game for Florida State to win, but I'm not going to pick it. So I'm picking Clemson, but it's one to keep an eye on. I, I uh, then, now now I have to root for Clemson because it's the one time I've given them credit in the last decade. Yeah, don't prove me wrong. The one time <laughs> I, know, right? that I actually, yeah. Um, and then the last ranked versus ranked matchup we have Mississippi State at Kentucky. I'm taking Mississippi State. So Mississippi State looks good, man. Mike Leach has got them does rolling. Yeah, since that really bad loss to LSU because LSU is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh. They've looked very good. They they took care of Texas A&M handily. They beat a decent Arkansas team handily. Uh, it's a little rough because they have K- at Kentucky and then at Alabama in back-to-back weeks, and it's that's really tough to not be looking at. Uh, so that's not the best for them, but I think Mississippi State's a better team than Kentucky, so I'm going to pick them. Yep. All right, that's college football. Crazy shit. Week in, week out. Can't wait to see what this week has in store. And uh, we can watch some stress-free college football. It's going to be so nice. I'm going to be relaxed. I'll be at Folsom. I'll watch the Buffaloes. We'll see what happens. But I'm not stressed about that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So um, I, I, I will be monitoring games uh, on Saturday because I am going to be pretending that I'm back in college this uh, this weekend and doing a beer pong World Cup. Oh, God. Hell yeah, dude. It's going to be so fun. I've played <laughs> beer pong, I don't know, twice in the last seven years. Um, mm-hmm. One at the Georgia game um, mm-hmm. this year and then this World Cup. Uh, so, uh, and the, t- the theme for the World Cup is like cryptids and mythical creatures. And nice. um, like a bunch of yeah, nerds. and old old uh, old marching band friend Chris McCurdy and I are going as birds because nice. birds aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> if it spot if it flies, it spies, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> I got a shirt that says Bigfoot knows that. that birds aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
great. You would do that. All right, we're going to quickly run through the NFL because we have basically passed the two-hour mark at this point. Um, That's how it goes when we start talking about college football especially. Well, and you missed last Um, week, so you had some opinions to catch up on. I did have some opinions, and we didn't even talk about the Buffs coaching search, so I'm not going to dig into it this week. I have thoughts. I will share them at some point. Just this is not the week. Maybe next week when we don't have Formula One to talk about. Maybe I'll dig into it then. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but I do what have we'll do, thoughts. What we'll do next week, we'll start with over. college football. And <laughs> so that we way. we just cut shit Yeah, we'll just cut shit if it gets too late. Too much. <laughs> um, we'll do that. All right. NFL. Oh, the fucking Broncos are just miserable to watch right now. Uh, man. It's, it's that rough. was the ugliest game I've maybe ever seen in the NFL. When the fans game. leave for overtime, you know it's an ugly game. Yeah, it was terrible, and I don't even blame them. It was no, I wouldn't stay either. I'd be like, I I need to go get a beer in the parking lot. This is it was, it was atrocious. It's exhausting watch. watching that, and it wasn't like either teams like defense played that well. Like the the Broncos defense is good. No, it wasn't even it was good defense. Just pedantic just offense. Bad. <laughs> bad offense yeah and i'm not done i'm not like giving up on on nathaniel hackett or russell wilson yet all right and i know there's a lot of broncos fans that totally have and i understand that reaction i think it's a total overreaction at this point i think a lot of fans underestimate how hard it is to come into a a new team so you have all new teammates all new people you're throwing to all new offensive line B come into a new team that's trying to learn an entirely new offense so not only is it a new team but none of them know this offense or how it runs so they're all trying to learn this together while trying to acclimate to each other and then the Broncos have I think I saw the other day 12 starters out yeah no they're injury yeah they are absolutely decimated on Mm -hmm. both sides of the football I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, I don't want injuries to be an excuse, and I hate making that excuse. But holy shit! When you when you play in the AFC West in the current state that it's in, injuries can be an excuse. Yeah, and and key injuries like these are starters. It's not like this like starting running second string wide receiver receiver. who right right starting safety left tackle safety in the NFL left tackle right guard like. Just go down the list. It's unbelievable the amount of injuries this have. So I'm not done. I'm not giving up. I've seen really good play calls out of Nathaniel Hackett that just aren't being executed. And I think Russ is a good enough quarterback that he's going to overcome those later in the season, and he's going to learn from that. It's just the learning curve is steeper than we I think, hoped it would I be. I think Tom Brady really ruined expectations for new quarterbacks. Same with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, because you. Like, again, at least the Rams guys, had like most of their pieces for a season before Matt Stafford got there. Um, but like Tom Brady went there, they they hired Andy, yeah, Andy Reid. No, not Andy Reid. Um, fuck was his name? Oh my god! Now you you threw me off. <laughs> what is his name? It's not Andy Reid. God, what the fuck is his name? He was already there though. Coach had already been there. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. God, yeah. But he had already been there. But for then the, you at know they go and get. Basically, an entire new team and an, almost an entirely new roster, and then Mike Evans stays. But like you know, and when you, when when you have something like that, and you find success instantly. 
the expectation, the goalpost shifts, right? Yeah. And like, uh, like we've talked about a couple of times when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos, it was rough, right? It was rough when he first started and Peyton Manning is top five quarterback all time. Yep. All time. And he had a rough five games, right? Five, six games even. Um, and, and when you, when you, when you put that in perspective, cause like, he already had like his coaches were the same, right? Like he wasn't like everyone else was there. Right? It was just Peyton was the ad addition. Um, but when you add new coach, a brand new head coach, that makes the like you said the learning curve is steeper because of that. And Russell Wilson, as much as I like him, isn't Peyton Manning. No, he's not a top five quarterback all the time. Especially like top, like Peyton Manning is the best mental game quarterback of all time, and it's not close. Not close. It's not close. Russell Wilson is not that. No. He's a great quarterback. He's not Peyton Manning. It's going to take a, some time to adjust. He's not Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's probably the second best cerebral quarterback of all time. It's, yep. He's just not that. And that, that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be, but you, like they have, just, you pair all that with playing in the AFC West. I I just I'm yeah. preaching patience to Broncos fans because I I see like I'm not saying like I'm some fo- football guru because I'm definitely not but I feel like I'm smarter or at least more versed in football than a lot of casual football fans and yeah, I see yeah it- absolutely that's not like vain to say like we study the game of football most people yeah. just watch it for fun which is yeah. an, an absolutely great way to do it I wish honestly I just had. Watch football for fun. It's going to kill me. So I really don't wish I'd studied the game as much as I have. So it's okay to say that I know more about football than most of the population does. And I'm not saying I've watched every snap of Broncos games because I haven't. I have kids. I I just I can't sit down and watch football like I used to. But I've seen enough in this offensive play calling to know that there are times that they're calling the right shit. And I've seen the scheme and I know that it can work. It's just not being executed right now. Well, which again is not surprising. Perfect, perfect example of that. The final play, yeah, which was a terrible play call, but it was a good play. Well, like uh, no, actual, it was a it good was play a bad call. Decision. It was a, it bad, was a bad decision because uh, KJ Hamler was, didn't have anybody within ten yards of him. Well, no, no, no I, I, I'm saying bad play call because they should have run. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, we're talking about the same situation as the A and M game. Hat on hat, just fucking. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. However. It, the for for what they called it was different in the a and m situation because it was a perfect play call like the actual play call itself was really good kj hamler was wide the fuck open and it russ just missed it just missed him and that's like Which that's an inexcusable yeah but it's not being executed that's not on the coach that's not on the play calling it's on the players on the field they need to execute and learning all this shit on the fly as they have, which, like, if you're going to fault the coaching staff and the players for anything at this point, it's not playing in the preseason when you have all this stacked up against you. Mm-hmm. I never agreed with that. Russell didn't play at all. Yeah. Yeah. Don't terrible. do that. Don't, like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, it's very clearly not working, and I think they regret it. If they went back, they would obviously, they would obviously play the offensive starters more. Um, but that being said, like as bad as it's looked for the Broncos at times, and they are anemic on offense right now, they're two and three, and they're only a game back. 
in the yeah. division because it's the AFC West. And the while some teams have underperformed, the Raiders have severely underperformed, although they almost won tonight in Arrowhead. Like none of these, no team in the NFL has looked unstoppable by any stretch. Oh, no, like, no, no. Like the Eagles are 5 and 0 oh and far and away have the best record. I don't know if anybody else is even 4 and 1. Everybody else is 3 and 2 or worse. Nope, the Bills are 4 and 1. And the Giants are 4 and 1, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles are 5 and 0 oh and should have at least gone to overtime on Saturday or on Sunday except for a terrible kick by the Cardinals kicker. I mean like the NFL like if we're talking about parity in sports, like the NFL has reached it right now because I true like I'm not betting on the NFL for the rest of the year because I have no fucking clue what's going to happen on any given week. Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm like yeah, the Broncos have looked pretty bad at times and the offense doesn't look good at all, but they could very very easily turn this around and turn it around quickly. Oh, absolutely. If, if they could they could mesh tomorrow, we don't know. And they they have a long week they go from playing thursday night to playing monday night next week Mm -hmm. that's a lot of days off it's essentially a bye week yeah like you got time to adjust now they're playing the chargers in la so not great but (laughs) um the defense is really good so like yeah justin herbert is the truth and right now he's the best passer in the league but if you're talking about strength against strength, Broncos' strength is their defense can keep them in this game if the Broncos' offense can start to find rhythm. Not hitting panic mode. I get why fans are because the expectations were set too high, but I'm also not throwing the towel in on the season because it can turn around quick. Yeah. Uh, through the rest of the NFL last week, um, some surprising results. The the Giants beat the Packers in London. Um, I mean, this is what happens when you don't give your Hall of Fame quarterback any weapons. Oh, yeah. They look they like look if, if there's a fan base that should be pissed off right now, it's the Packers. When you're when your number one receiver is Alan Lazard. Yeah, you're having God, a rough man. day. That's, you're that having a bad and like Alan Lazard's not a bad, but he's like a He's like a slot guy. He's he's a he's a he's not your number one receiver. Yeah, like he should be your third guy. He should be your check down guy. <laughs> Have yeah. you, did you see the the video from London of the the British Giants fans Love chanting that. outside the stadium, dude? <laughs> British fans are next level. Euro fans them. are just they're so good. Just like Euro fans in general, like their chants are, are just saying? they're so inappropriate. You could shove your cheese up your ass or something like that. Shove your fucking cheese up your ass. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Oh, so good. Um, the Bills still look like the best team in the NFL to me. They absolutely dismantled the Steelers. Uh. I think they're they're still the most complete, and I think it's not even close. Like I, the the Eagles are cute and all with their five and zero record, the Bills are just on yeah. another level. Well, the Eagles are good. Yeah, the Eagles are definitely good. They're a good team, but the Bills are better. Yeah, but every team's good any given week. Like I said, like it just after those three teams that I just mentioned, the Bills, the Eagles, and the somehow the Giants, everybody's three and two or worse. Everybody in the NFL. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, 
It's unreal. And there's no teams that are 0 and 5. None. Everybody in the that, league has a win? It's crazy to me. Oh. Everybody in the league has a win. And not even just a tie. Like at one point, the Texans only had a tie. Mm-hmm. The Texans won this last weekend. So every team has a win. Wow. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, And these are good football. Like these are all close football. For the most part, close football games. Man, the Panthers are bad. I lied. Uh, the Panthers may be the one team week in and week out that's probably going to lose. They may the not win another. <laughs> oh, God, they're bad. Well, the Saints are bad, too. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to really say um, about all the rest of this because it's just going to be – oh, the Chiefs are 4-1. and one. I forgot about them. They're down at the bottom. Uh, but it's the Chiefs, and that's no surprise because they have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. Crazy stuff in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see if there's any marquee matchups. Another shitty matchup on Thursday night, man. I the Thursday. I does Thursday night football just need to go away? Yes. It won't because it's more primetime action for the NFL, and they're not going to get away, do away with it. But it just seems like it always sucks. Thursday night football is garbage, and especially like one of the reasons, and I think uh, like a very a very big reason the NFL is as big as it is still to this day is fantasy football. Cause I know a lot of people um, like were boycotting the NFL quote unquote, all those guys played their fantasy football leagues, right? Like yeah. none of them stopped playing fantasy football because they wanted to boycott the NFL. None of them. I even talked to people who were like, I'm boycotting the NFL. I'm like, but you're on a fantasy. You're talking about fantasy football. Well, yeah, but I'm not watching the games. Okay, whatever. So one of the they reasons, care. yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons the NFL is so big is because of fantasy football Thursday, Thursday night football throws that off. Like, just get rid of it. Nobody cares. I would rather have a doubleheader every Monday night than Absolutely. have a Thursday night football. Absolutely. I mean, if you like, like if you're if you're going from a fantasy football perspective, which I think you kind of have to, because that's what makes the NFL so big. A lot of it. Um, I mean, it's not what it, it's. It's a big factor, I think. Um, is like, okay, so Monday Night Football, then the next day you have Tuesday, you have to like check your waivers, Wednesday you get them, and then by the next day you have, you have two days to do all your shit. Like, yep. it's just not enough. And if you're busy one of those days. Yeah, exactly. You're screwed. Exactly. And like, I also, like, I think I think the, the London games are kind of tough for that too. But I, I get the London games, and I, I, I like and those, the London games. That's a little different because it's only like, you know, three hours earlier in the morning on Sunday than yeah, nor like that's not a huge Fuck me deal. over though. I think that's <laughs> I think those are fun and I like that they're actually. I don't expanding. think you should get rid of London. Let me be clear. I just it's yeah. just like when when sure. you have a guy who is questionable like Alvin Kamara and then they rule him out at five forty five your time in yeah, the morning. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Like I'm not I, like I'm sorry. I like fantasy problem. football. <laughs> I'm not waking up at five thirty to check my no, lineup. It's this also. That's a Pacific time zone problem. Yeah, it really is. It it truly is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's the NFL. That's all I got. I don't know what else to say. I I mean, like, I can't even pick, like, favorites other than the Bills right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much either. So, cool. That's it. We did it. Um, You get the buzzer beater this week. I do get the buzzer beater. There's no chance you did it last week. (laughs) <laughs> that is accurate. 
No, I did it on the airplane, man. Sure. <laughs> Listener, we love you. Thank you for being here. Go listen to some Zeta June. Some of their vibey jams. Thank you to Jasper for editing this podcast for us and making us sound real nice. Real nice. Um, so, listener, if you can if you can just, like, talk to your friends about us a little bit, that'd be cool. Let's grow this podcast a little bit for us. We'd love that. But, as always, we just appreciate you listening to the show, listening to us talk for, like, two-plus hours a week on stupid sports stuff. And with that, Jamie, hit us with that buzzer beater. My buzzer beater for this week is... Hook the Fuskies, bitches. Deuces. Deuces.